With the exception of Novavax, the company looking for a coronavirus vaccine, no company has generated bigger returns for investors over the past year than Blink Charging. Michael Farkas is joining us, founder and executive chairman and CEO at the company. Michael, great to have you here on the show. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you for having me. So, Mike, right now, the stock has obviously been capturing everybody's attention. It's up over 2,000 percent. You had a $2 billion market cap. Your price to sales is at 300. So the expectations you're building in a pretty enormous way is the growth that you're seeing right now commensurate with this? Is it as powerful as it seems the market is interpreting it to be? Without a question. Um, <clears throat> look at the industry we're replacing. Um, we're replacing fueling cars with gasoline. Um, that has been one of the most profitable, um, you know, uh, uh, fortune-creating industries that we've seen in the last hundred some odd years. Um, what we're doing is replacing that type of fuel, which is the difference between uh, gasoline and now using electricity. And we're making it much more convenient for people to fuel. You no longer have to go somewhere to fuel your car. Um, where your car is already parked and, and dormant, um, that's where you'll uh, be charging. So you see this huge growth market, obviously, to replace oil. If the growth is as powerful, Michael, why just sell $20 million worth of shares? Family planning. Um, I've been investing in this company for 12 years. Um, I put a lot of money into this company myself personally, um, and it's time for me to also uh, uh, reap some of the rewards that my, other my shareholders have, were able to uh, receive as well. Fair enough. Stock's been zooming. You'd think you'd expect to see this. I'm curious what relationship you want to have with shareholders who have been in this company after extraordinary returns. I mean, it's even by historical standards and other periods of froth and markets, this is you know almost unprecedented. Do you plan to outline uh, further share sales? Do you want to be transparent with this? Is there going to be communication going forward? If you, there are going to be uh, divestitures. I mean, you own right 13% of the stock right now. Um, actually, if you look, I have roughly about, uh, I believe it's roughly more than that. Okay. I sold less than 10% of my position in the company. Um, and yes, we are very transparent with our sales. Um, I participated in an offering um, that was a registered offering and subscribed to by institutions. Um, and, and as you could see, it was very well received um, after the offering price. Um, we do believe in transparency in regards to raising additional capital. Um, our focus now is really using infrastructure type of investments, more debt, so that we would have little or no um, dilution to our current shareholders. Now, uh, with that subject, you also just issued some shares. Walk me through how long that cash flow is going to take you. Can you give me an idea of the runway that you now have after the latest issuance? Um, with our current burn, um, you're talking about 230 months. Uh, maybe a little bit less than that. But again, we're, our, our business is expanding in, in a dramatic way. Um, as in the past, we were very active in acquisitions, and there are a lot of opportunities in the business globally, not only here in the U.S., for us to expand our business and increase our, uh, our footprint and our pipeline. Um, our business is to own and operate charging stations. It's not to just sell hardware. Our main focus has always been providing the fuel, selling the electricity through our charging stations to the EV drivers. And today, with very little, um, you know, percentage of, of EV of total sales being EV, um, utilization rates are very low. But what our business is all about is creating that footprint, going out there and providing more and more charging stations in different locations, tying up those properties because our contracts are long-term exclusive contracts, where we're the only provider of services 
uh, of filling vehicles, whether they're something you ride on like a scooter, a bike that you ride on, or something you ride in like a, a car, or even um, drones that are gonna be flying to the rooftops or surface lots of these buildings. That's our exclusive domain when we invest money um, into these properties. So yes, today, um, there's no question about it. Um, utilization is low, um, but it's like asking when we were when, when the world started uh, deploying cell phone towers, um, what's your utilization? Where, where are the revenues today? It was about putting and providing the infrastructure in place so that when people did go ahead and buy those telephones, they had somewhere to be able to connect to those towers that were available to them. It's, it's not really much different here with EV charging. So yes, we do have some very frothy, as you said, valuations, but if you start looking at the numbers going out 25, 26, 27, 28, and you realize what industry we're replacing, um, you know, the values may be actually undervalued. We, you know, again, time will tell. Michael, one of the things about your business model, I want to make sure that viewers definitely understand, because um, I'm not sure that I do entirely, uh, about charging fees versus product sales. So right now, you generate more from product sales than the charging fees. I imagine in the future, you want that to flip-flop. Uh, am I right there, where you want to make money from that the cars correct. coming in and charging up? So the product sales, walk me through that right now. Well, one of the reasons why we are in the, in the sales of hardware business is because it allows us to satisfy um, customers that manage locations for others. Um, as real estate investors know, there's multiple ways to invest in infrastructure in your, in your locations. You can outsource everything, um, partner with the provider, and, and they provide a turnkey solution for you. Or you could do everything yourself. Um, by being able to go ahead and have multiple deployment methodologies, um, we are able to service every single type of property owner type, and that's really what we want to do. So when you have companies like a McDonald's or a Cushman Wakefield, and the, all, the underlying individual properties are owned by different people, we need to make sure that we could satisfy all of their demand. But our main focus is owning and operating those charging stations. We do not produce revenues when we buy a charging station and put it in the ground and we lock up that piece of property for whether it's seven years with two seven-year extensions on our turnkey solution, which is where we pay for everything, or when we partner with the property owner um, and it's a five-year contract with two five-year extensions and most of those are automatic extensions. These are long-term exclusive contracts. Our, our, our agreements do not really um, refer to hardware. It's more about us being a long-term Term exclusive mm -hmm. service provider where we provide EV charging services for all vehicles that need to be fueled um, at those locations. So our business model is quite different than, than most of our competitors. Most of our competitors like ChargePoint and others, um, they sell a piece of equipment and they may have a small annuity, but our business is much different. We make the money off the, off the spread between what electric electricity costs us and we're able to ultimately sell that to the EV driver. Ultimately, that's, that's our focus is being the fueling company of the future. Ultimately, that's what it's going to be because I've seen you say that utilization rates right now are in the low single digit percents or single digit percent Correct. so that's going to be how you're making money in the end game right now uh, that's still not the predominance of the income but to think about where that scale can be going forward uh, how quickly are the numbers changing? Because I'm, I'm trying to figure out the actual number of charging stations. I see in the 10Q of around 16,000, but that's with other partnerships. The Blink network I see listed is about 6,900. But then when I went online, I see closer to like 4,000. Is that just taking a while to update? Okay, or how so many you, you, have, you have to understand the business that we're in. Um, we own a lot of the charging stations that we have on our network. We also have residential charging stations that sit in single family homes. Mm -hmm. We also have residential charging stations that are in multifamily residential facilities. Yep. We literally have a hardware solution for every single type 
of property there is. And okay. we have multiple methodologies of deploying that hardware at those locations. So when you look at our, our unit types, um, we break them out and categorize them accordingly so there's no confusion. The most important thing to realize here is, you know, we have a marketplace, total saturated marketplace today of roughly about 300,000 charging stations at most in the United States. Um, by the lightest estimates, by 2030, we need between 12, and if you look at the high end of the range, 16 million charging stations that need to be um, installed. Mm -hmm. That's why the valuations are the way they are today. And it's not just us, it's some other players in the place because, in the space, because ultimately there are millions and millions of charging stations that are needed to be in the, in the ground by 2030. And if you look at um, estimates of what percentage of auto sales they're going to be in 2030, you're still only talking 20 some odd percent. So imagine when we're at 100% saturation. Mm -hmm. and, and something also extremely important is the law. California mandated no more internal combustion engine cars after a certain period of time, uh, 2035. You have Massachusetts following. You have other com uh, states um, that have reciprocal agreements with California that are implementing the exact same thing. This is not about um, desire. Um, whether you want to buy an EV or you want to buy an internal combustion engine car. Understand something. The government has ruled, they've made a law, that this is the direction they're going into. This is not in the United States alone. This is happening throughout the world, okay. countries all over the place, whether it's France, Germany, Japan, and others. Yeah. They're mandating end of internal combustion engine cars. What's gonna fuel the cars of the future? It's been decided, EVs are the mode of, of, of transportation. No question what about it. Mike, sure what, what I think is really yes. important though, because we have limited time, because I just, I wanna jump in, is when you are gauging whether or not you're ahead of that curve, right? Because that's what's gonna be important for a lot of investors on where the stock goes and how they think about the relationship between the charging and the vehicles. Do you, have you calculated how many EVs need to be on the road I don't know, by the end of this year right now to justify how many stations that you have right now. So if we say the Blink network around 7,000 charging stations in total of the different types of charging stations, how many EVs need to be on the road for that to be profitable for you because the profitability has been going down even as you've been building more and more of these stations? Okay, it's, it's important to know. Um, our, our total network, including residential, um, commercial, DC fast chargers and everything is, is, is roughly 15 to 16,000 chargers. And we're adding charging stations um, literally daily, as you can see. Um, right, and that's what I'm wondering, it, is are you adding too many? How do you know um, again, if you are? I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you heard me, but we're in an industry that we have 300,000 pieces of an installed base. And in a few years, we need to go between 12 and 16 million. Okay, so you're just gonna so go straight, you, think, you just wanna build you, as fast that, by as By the way, possible. these are not my estimates, these are not our estimates. Okay. Um, these are um, the, the most uh, robust research shops, the biggest investment banks, sure. um, that's their research. We, we, you know, we're, we're nowhere near as smart as these guys, we leave that up to them. But if you look at the consensus, and again, these are not our numbers, you need in this country alone between 12 and 16 million charges by 2030, and you're talking about only 20% of EV sales at that point as a total percentage of the fleet. Imagine how many charging stations we're gonna need when all of the sales are EVs. It's even a lot more than the 14 to, to you know, the 12 to 16 million. And if you're looking at globally in the same time, which we are active globally, um, you're talking north of 50 million charging stations. Okay. Um, so the question you ask is, is um, 
You're, so Not a good one. You're, you're going straight. Well, no, it is because for investors, what they need to think about is profitability. Investors have a time horizon, right? And I get you. What you're saying is your end game, based on what the experts are saying, is you're going to need a ton more charging stations, so you're not worried about overbuilding the charging stations. I understand that. What I'm saying is that from an investing perspective, how you gauge if you're doing it at a right pace based on what's making it to the bottom line. So maybe the answer to that is something about a timeline for profitability. Do you have a timeline for profitability? I'm gonna I'm gonna ask I'm gonna answer your question with a question. Um, that's like someone asking Craig McCall when he was deploying um, cell phone towers at, at Cellular One if there's enough cell phone towers. That's the same question you're asking. So and we know the answer to that. Obviously, if all cars are going electric, there are not nearly enough EV charging stations um, in the ground. Okay, but the not profitability question. Any uh, any idea when you'll be able to communicate with investors? What timeline you want to be profitable? Okay, so if we understand that we need to um, install roughly 12 to 16 million charging stations between now and 2030, and that takes capex, and our business is investing in infrastructure, we invest in today so that when we, when there are more EVs on the road and they need to fuel, we're ultimately the one who provides that service. This is about a, a land grab. If you live in an apartment building okay. or you work in a certain area and there's a charging station in your building, that's what you're going to use. You're not going to go drive somewhere to go use the services. Our business has been very clear over the last 12 years. Land grab. Go after as many locations as we can. Deploy as little hardware as possible based upon demand. That's why we survived and bought out a bunch of our competitors. So our business is very focused. You definitely deploy charging stations along the lines with demand. You don't want to you don't want to be ahead of it, but you don't want to be too far behind it either. Sure. So it's about balancing that demand. And by working with OEMs um, and getting an understanding of where cars are being purchased and seeing the data that we have access to, we're able to know where we should be installing our charging stations. We also are able to tell how much usage are at our charging stations so we could add more. And most importantly, when we own and operate a charging station, it's, it's not about that charging station. When we sign our own and operate agreements, we have the rights to every single parking space mm -hmm in that entire address. Yeah. So we're able to manage utilization. The first thing is to plant the flag, get in there, have that being our location. Once that's ground. done, we're yeah. able to manage utilization by, by really seeing the data, knowing when utilization numbers are at a certain point where our customers are no longer getting served properly, and then we have the ability of adding more charging stations because okay. of that data that we have access to and those Michael, locations we have. I got one more yes. for you real quick. This one's easy, and I get, I get the land grab concept, right? From the profitability standpoint, it seems like right now the land grab is the priority, right? Not necessarily the profitability. Uh, for compensation, SG&A, though, it totaled up to about $3.5 in the last quarter. You did 900 uh, uh, in revenue, so what does that ratio want to be? There's a lot of people looking at that number saying, how come the compensation is bigger than the revenue? Um, if, you, know, you, pay, you, pot, you pay what you get. Um, bottom line, we have an amazing management team. If you look at what we have um, in Blink and compare it to any of the other EV charging companies out there, um, there is no comparison. Um, if you look at some of our board members, their experience in um, being involved in f being a founders of EV charging companies, building them up, selling them. Um, if you look at uh, um, some of our other teammates, uh, Brendan Jones um, launched the Nissan Leaf, um, then went ahead to EVgo, built the largest DC uh, charging infrastructure network out there, then was the first employee of Electrify America. You know, People cost money. Um, our most valuable resource is human resources in our business. Okay. Um, and it's going to cost us money to keep on growing. We're now about shy of 100 people, and we plan on growing our business um, to go ahead and be able to go out and deploy um, you know, hundreds of thousands, even millions of charging stations in the future as this business grows. Okay. Michael, appreciate it. Great conversation, and looking forward to more. Thank you.
Thank Have you. a great weekend. Thanks a lot. Bye Michael Farkas is the founder, executive chairman, and CEO of Blink Charging. Really good stuff. Lots of process.